When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to another week of Fresh Take with Joey and Ranveer. I'm Ranveer. And I'm Joey and we are back in the basement studio. Oh my goodness, it's good to be here. I love being here. I said we're back as if we left. No, <laughs> no, no, no. We kind of just stay in this basement. <laughs> we never really leave. I do stay in this basement. To give you guys a visual of where we're recording, I'm in an office chair. Ranveer's on a love seat. <laughs> we're in the basement where I live. I live in a basement at college. There's no windows. Uh, we're surrounded by deranged paintings that I made that uh, eloquently cover the wall, and we got some LED lights for ambiance and a and a boxing bag and some golf clubs. Yeah, I'm sporty. What can I say? I'm sporty. Um, so that's where we are. We're back. We're in the basement studio, cranking stuff out for you because we care. Yeah, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Fresh Take W R J. Maybe if enough of you follow me, uh, I can move out of the basement. And get some windows, because, oh my god, I haven't seen the light in so long. It snowed a lot recently. Yeah, and here in Indiana, uh, winter is seeming to come later and later every year. So February, we just got like four or five inches last night. Yeah, I was going to say it was about eight inches. That's what she said. That's what she said. Yeah. I was a, a penis joke, because we are a real cool podcast. Um, but we're back for another week. You know what we do here. We're going to be chatting some stuff down, running some stuff down. And what is big in the news cycle right now, not to date us, but what is big right now is the second impeachment trials for former president, number 45, Donald J. Trump. Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's kind of interesting. He's still making history, even though he doesn't have a platform to speak on, or he's not even in office anymore. Yet he still continues to break barriers that have never been broken before barriers that i thought were pretty cool barriers yeah you you like i like we say all the time you never want to see your president fall this bad you know no he's down bad no this this sucks this is a bad reflection on our country and the fact that he is getting um impeached again is is insane to me and you know chuck schumer says this is the most serious charges against a president ever uh, yeah, yes, yeah, I don't know. That feels pretty objective, because, like, back in the day, they didn't impeach people. Like, you just grinned and bared it. Yeah. Sort of, so I feel like some people did some more fucked up shit, or, uh, on a grander scale. So, this is definitely the, the, uh, one of the most egregious, because old Bill Clinton, his wasn't, it was pretty bad. 
Yeah, it was bad, but it wasn't overthrowing democracy bad. No, no, we've never seen that before. No, we have never seen that before. And with that, we're seeing a lot of Republicans defecting, guys. Um, Adam Kingsler, who is a uh, uh, Republican rep, uh, went on CNN and said, no matter what happens in this trial, it is setting a precedent. He also threw shots at Trump saying he's the only president that could brag about being impeached twice. Well, I mean, we saw them start. We saw a lot of people starting to jump ship before he left office. Yeah. Even Lindsey Graham, one of his most loyal, I'd say even like loyal friends in politics, you know, they were side by side. But before Trump got elected, Lindsey Graham said he didn't want Trump. And then when Trump was in office, they were besties. You Mm -hmm. know, you couldn't separate the two. And now that Trump is gone, you see Lindsey. I've seen a different side of Lindsey Graham these past couple months. Yes, he sucks. He does stupid things, but like I've seen a different side of Lindsey Graham ever since Trump is out of the picture. Yeah, because there's less of a risk. I think I, I I'll tell you what when the Republican National Convention was going on in 2015, mm-hmm. Lindsey Graham was in like my top three. Yeah, I really liked him pre uh, everything that went on in the last mm-hmm. four years. I really liked Lindsey Graham, but then you know you kind of saw how willing he was to flip and flop and you know show himself in the sun to the world. But he's starting to go back to that that pre twenty sixteen Graham, which I don't think we should let him. I don't think. I mean, you show your true colors, you can't yeah. you can't necessarily retreat like that. But yeah, with Republicans defecting, I feel like there are also Republicans that are getting even stronger in their belief in President, former President Trump, or even like want to be heads of the Republican Party, like Josh Hawley or Ted Cruz. You know, yeah. like those guys want to be the eventual leaders of that party even uh um rep green i forget her for major i don't even know how to say her first name Marjorie. yeah Marjorie green like she's she's spouting some Except crazy conspiracy she's theories she's got a gag order on her what does that mean she was removed from all of her oh all of her committees committees yeah. and i don't think she's fully allowed to speak um at proceedings at this moment in time which is like I've seen that happen on a local level. There was a mm-hmm. there's a woman uh, in Fishers that had a gag order. She wasn't allowed to speak to the meetings, but could only vote. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that at the national level. I don't know if she, what she has is a quote unquote official gag order, but being removed from all of your committees is a pretty big deal. Is a really big deal. I've never even been on a committee. <laughs> had the chance to be removed. Although IU Congress, they sent out a mass text, and they they're looking for people. So if you have ever wanted to be on a committee, uh, why don't you look at, or, you know, bettering your campus, uh, why don't you look at IU Congress? Um, But yeah, shit's going crazy right now. Yeah, it is, man. And uh, I think all these things that we see with the deplatformization, if that's even a word, (laughs) of of many, many Republicans... um, Social media platforms are also setting a precedent, you know, that you can't spout crazy conspiracy theories on our platforms and, um, you know, spread false information, I think, is the most important part of that uh, adjustment that they're making because social media was responsible responsible for this in the first place, you know? Yeah. Fake news spreads nine times as fast as real news does. And when... We and social media companies have let that go on for so long. Now they're trying to hold strong so they don't lose their um, – it's kind of saving face, yeah. right? Well, I had a teacher in fifth grade um, 
who came into, she was a substitute teacher and she came into the school and she was really nice to me. She let me do whatever I wanted in the classroom. Um, and then all of a sudden she got really strict mm-hmm. and mean, but that didn't make me shape up. Mm-hmm. If you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. too much freedom at the beginning and then trying to go back and restrict that is going to cause a lot of strife. So what you were saying, I think is like, why didn't they should have had something earlier? Yeah. But now it's so in their face that like, yeah, it is like saving face. They're like, oh, oh shit. What did we do? Let's try and backtrack. And at this point, like, Backtracking is not going to help as much as I think it will hurt. And I think we are getting back to this idea of cancel culture, right? Mm. And I think it's so I don't I don't like cancel culture. I don't enjoy being a part of it. I don't want to be a part of it. Um, so you know, when we as a society continue to cancel people um, instead of having conversations, I think that's will be the end of our democracy. Because, again, when we stop having conversations is when we lose the idea of what we are as as a democracy. And those conversations, while they may be one-sided and you may think they're stupid, like, they're important to have. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, one day, or the other day, I had a buddy of mine come over to my house. Not even a buddy. I'd say just an acquaintance. An acquaintance. You already downgraded him. <laughs> um, and he said some things that were were iffy, you know, uh, about about like borderline racist things, borderline. Mm-hmm. And I had a conversation with him, and he he didn't realize what he was saying was racist or casting judgment. You know what what it was to him was just how he was raised, right? And <laughs> like racism is a learned behavior, and we need to we need to tackle it at at the forefront. Uh, speaking of cancel culture, there's no bigger being canceled than being impeached. Um, yeah. And I think what we need to do is differentiate between canceling and consequences. Yes, so easily. If you lose your platform because, uh-oh, you're a big old racist, um, that's not cancel culture. That's consequences for your actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, being canceled for like, I don't know, I don't even know what a, a stupid example would be, but... There's a big difference between being canceled and having real consequences for your actions. No, I agree for sure. Which that line's being blurred. And right now, uh, former President Trump is getting consequences for his actions in his role of the January 6th uh, real attack on the the United States Capitol. The riots, yeah. On United States democracy. So that's going on right now. But that is, is that what this impeachment trial is about, his role in the... Yes, I yes, it is. It's that's why they believe that he incited the violence, which I I mean, if you look at his Twitter and what he had been saying, it's true. I mean, and this impeachment trial is a lot different than the last one. This one is about how Donald Trump tried to stop democracy function democracy and how it functions. That has never been seen before in the history of our of our country. A president, a sitting president trying to actively overthrow his own government or telling the people to overthrow the government. And and he was solely responsible for that, not so like solely responsible in the way of inciting that Mm -hmm. because he his words hold power. And I think this is the first time where Donald Trump is actually facing serious consequences for his decision or his like his choices. 
you know, because his whole life he's been able to pay his way through everything. Yeah. Whether it be his father's money or his money, like he, he has been wealthy his whole life. And the coup d'etat on the Capitol is is something that will be go down in history for a long time. Oh, yeah. No, and I, I, I say this, I think, twice a day, but I'm tired of living through history. But that is a big thing in history. And I just can't imagine putting myself in the shoes of teachers in like 2040. They're going to have to teach these yeah. kids about how our government was almost overthrown um, and it happened on like Twitter. <laughs> like, I, what are they called? The DBQs? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be all tweets. And it's nuts. Um, so that's that'll be, be primary sources. The primary sources are the tweets, which is crazy to me because that that's like if you went to Pompeii and you found like a little block of wood with like a name carved on it. Mm-hmm. Our tweets are the equivalent of that, basically. Yeah, or like the carvings on the wall. Yeah. Like that's all. I guess we're gonna have to start printing them. That's the weird thing about what's gonna happen to history post internet. You know, if there is a post internet, because like, where is our history going if we I, lose it? I. If anything, the internet will just get upgraded. I don't think the internet's going yeah. anywhere anytime soon. Well, yeah, no, I don't. I wasn't thinking that. I just meant like nuclear blow up. Which, like, for example, I was talking about this the other day, like with technology. Like, how did the Amish live? Pretty calmly. No distractions. <laughs> no distractions. I've never really met an Amish person. Probably because they don't. You look kind of Amish, low key. I look Amish. I shave the sideburns. And I do drive a horse, but that's for fuel efficiency. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't. I mean, it's a simpler way of doing it. You know, you're just going back and you're rejecting the modernism of. Yeah, but what about right now with like going to school and shit? Uh, I don't know enough about the Amish culture to know if they went to public school in the first place. That's what I'm saying. It's probably some weird shit. Do they even have COVID? Like, is COVID even relevant I'm, in their society? I'm sure they are involved enough in communities to know. The basics of COVID. Again, why am I speaking like they're going to hear this? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, God. Um, no, I, I, I'm sure they know. I could. I don't know any people that are Amish. I am very confused by it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This has put me down a brain path that I don't have to research. The Amish day day. and the Mormons confuse me a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so the Amish communities reject modern... Oh, no, I know what okay. they are. I know what they are, but it's just like a very strict way of living. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I thought you said you confuse them. <laughs> no, I don't confuse them. It's okay. just like, why would you not want to integrate technology into your culture to make it better? Well, it's faith, you know, and it's if it goes against your beliefs. Um, if Because I believe, and God, I might be wrong, and I'm sorry, but I believe that, like, they... The, like the basis of why they live that way is because like that's when humankind was perfection. Mm-hmm. Like that's when it was perfect before there was any involvement with like machinery mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. Do you think the Amish participated in the capital riots? You know, I wouldn't put it past them. They're sneaky. They're good builders. I know that they build the shit out of stuff. <laughs> They're really good at that. All right. Well, back to the topic at hand. Yeah, we'll pull it back. Yeah, we'll, we'll pull it. We'll, we'll pull, pull it back. We're back. We're back. Um, so this impeachment is going to be way simpler than the last one. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are going to be no, no testimony, like no, like large testimonies, like from a lot of people, because it was all televised. Like it was all right in front of us. Yeah. We saw everything that happened. Um, and 
we knew what it was leading up to because, I mean, it was all over Twitter. We saw everything happen right in front of us. So, you know, this this trial will be way, way, way easier than 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 the last one because there won't be as many, you know, things that need to be heard or considered because, I mean, the evidence has been being gathered since right after the, the attack on the Capitol happened. Well, the last impeachment trial was also very confusing, too. It was all whistleblower yeah. information, and, like, with that, like, the reliability of that information is is not the the best, no, usually. it's immediately called into question. Yeah, because it's a whistleblower, and with with the... Uh, with this again <laughs> it was right in front of us we saw it all unfold yeah there's, there's no two ways to see what we saw i mean surprisingly like, there there are <laughs> yeah. well i mean just from like a these people were there carrying this flag yeah this is what it was and i don't i'm sorry guys i don't think it was antifa i'll be the, i'll get out on that limb no it wasn't antifa it wasn't black lives matter it was people that follow donald trump and sadly a lot of those people were carrying confederate flags which i mean the confederate flag hasn't been in the u.s capitol ever 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 it wasn't even there during the civil war and it happened the it happened on january 6th do you know why it wasn't there during the civil war um, because they were fighting the Union. <laughs> we rejected the ideas of they the Confederate South. They seceded from the country. And then you brought that shit into the white or the fucking the Capitol building? Yeah. No. No, that would the people that fought for the Confederacy didn't even want that. They didn't want anything to do with the North or the Union. Yeah. I mean they would be pissed at you. And imagine that. You're getting hated on <laughs> By your own people. By your own people. Well, it's heritage, not hate. By everybody. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that was the, one of the most jarring things to me, was seeing the Confederate flag. Another one of the most jarring things to me was the, the difference in the way the protesters were tweet, tweeted, treated. Yeah. Um, like, when... And we had this conversation kind of with Nick. When I went downtown in Indianapolis to protest Black Lives Matter, um, we didn't even get the chance to fully complete our protest. You know, it was shut down two hours before it was supposed to be shut down. And the fact that these uh, terrorists were able to get in to the Capitol with very, very little resistance was insane to me. And <laughs> it was crazy to see, you know, people with blue lives matters flags rushing to fuck on police people yeah you know or you know the the security at the capitol well those are going to be interesting pictures to see in history it'll be very interesting to see that dude with horns you know 40 years 50 years from now in my kid's textbook god i don't even want to talk to my kids I, I won't even I won't even give them an inkling of the context about what was you happening. just don't want to talk to your kids. I don't want to talk to my kids, <laughs> bad father. Um, but I don't want to give them context and just see what they thought was going on. Like if they're just like they're, they gave us this picture, what happened here? I'm like I don't know, figure it out. It's like in AP U.S. History when you get a picture and you have to analyze it. Yeah. What if like our kids get like a the dude with the two horns, like the dude with the uh, with the Confederate flag right next to Andrew Jackson, I believe yeah. it is. I mean, like someone was cosplaying at a convention. 
And they snuck their way into the Capitol building. And I mean, dude, the world was laughing at us. Oh, yeah. We are the staple of democracy throughout the world. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we were. There's no, I know there, we were. There is no democracy that has stood as long and as strong as America's has. Yeah. There, but then, I mean, we just... No democracy has lasted over 250 years. Only well, ours. We lifted the carpet and showed the cracks in the foundation. And that's... The, but, okay, so that's the good thing. There are cracks in the foundation, but that foundation can be fixed. Eh, I mean, yeah, maybe if we get some... I don't know. I don't know how we It takes time. Cracks. It takes time. It takes time. We pray the tectonic plates go back together. It doesn't happen overnight, right? It's like it's like you with your melatonin, right? Well, melatonin coincidentally does happen overnight. (laughs) That's when it happens. That's the one time that melatonin happens. It's overnight. (laughs) All right, man, you can talk. I'll just leave. (laughs) But well, uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. In the spirit of optimism. We'll fix it. We will. Um, but Joe Biden's not going to be the catch-all, fix-it-all, fixy boy. No, he's machine. not. And like, it's not. It it won't. It won't happen in four years. He he will try and he will do whatever he can. But you know, there's only so much one president can do. He can start it. He can start a lot of great things. The he Douglas can... the Douglas plan by Pete Buttigieg is a great plan to integrate and kill all these food deserts and integrate people of color in America. And if President Biden is able to implement the Douglas plan by Pete Buttigieg, I believe it will help race relations in America tenfold. Yeah, that's a a good plan because food deserts are one of those things that's often overlooked. Fresh food is a big deal. Oh, it can change the, the entire climate of an area. It can change the trajectory of people's lives, the access to fresh food. And think about all these kids that come out of of um, disenfranchised areas and are like great athletes, right? Imagine if you give them the food that they need in order to function. I know. Properly, right? Like people from our area, Fishers HSC, like they get, they get great food. Most of the, most of these athletes get like top of the line, like, you know, well, the public food. Yeah, the, the school, public the school foods. Yeah. Plus, what you can get from like Kroger or Walmart or Meyer. Like there are fresh. There's fresh produce available at all times. Yeah. And in in Indianapolis per se, like when I coached at um, at Purdue Polytech in downtown, the nearest thing to a grocery store was a gas station. Mm-hmm. And what fruits are there to buy at a gas station? I mean, you got like moldy apples and stuff in there. Yeah, you got you got fruit station. snacks, maybe. Depending on the gas station, sometimes you find a grab and go. With or like, yeah, the get goes are kind of crazy. Yeah, those are crazy. They go hard, but I, the point still stands. It's almost impossible to find a viable uh, supply of fresh fruits and vegetables and like the good stuff mm-hmm. um, in a lot of these areas. So I think that plan is good. I'll tell you what, though, Joe Biden does need to. Give us the stimulus checks. Give me my stimmy, Joe. You Give owe me, me two thousand. Stimmy, Joe. And include include college students in this one, please. Yeah. We're also broke. It'd be nice to get some stimmy. I'd love a stimmy. I'd love some. I'd love a tad little bit of a stimmy. Worst day ever. <laughs> I love a little stimmy, but he's not going to fix everything. Is the point I was trying to make? Uh, it's going to come down to what we demand as a people. Um, of the United States and what we fight for consistently. Uh, I'm in a, I'm 
The government does not move unless the people tell it to. Contact your local officials, guys. Contact your local officials. And it's it's as easy as a Google search away. Um, if you live in Georgia, look up your district and find your candidate. It is not that hard. And like, guys, if you if you talk to your candidates, your candidates will listen because uh, believe it or not, you control their job. Yeah. <laughs> also, locally, um, it's very interesting. I mean, in local government, people live with their constituents. Yeah. Like in that area. So go talk. Those conversations are important to have with your local officials because, I mean, when your local officials know what you want, it's easy for them to pass laws that benefit you. And the reason local officials may be so out of touch with their people is because the people don't talk. You know, the only people that talk to them are the people that donate hundreds of thousands of dollars to them. So that's who they listen to. But yet if, you know, a the majority of people that vote for them are the middle class American. So if, you know, you make your voice heard with your candidates, I promise you, they'll lend an ear because we are in control. Yeah, that's how government works. That's how democracy works. We are a democracy. Even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Yes, like when, you know, on January 6th, when the Capitol was protested upon, or not even protested, there was a terrorist attack on the protest. Yeah. Or- <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a what on the what? Cut that out. No, That's I'm not cutting that out. We're leaving that in. I, but your point still stands. I know yeah, there was a terrorist for. attack on the Capitol. But we're leaving that in. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm letting them see our, our broken side on this podcast. I don't mess up very often, but, you know, that was a bad one. Oh, it stands. It stands so hard. <laughs> I'm going to um, put it in on a loop at the end of it. <laughs> oh, you know, that's what I mean. Uh, you told me a quote earlier today that I really liked. Um, if you could. Yeah. Martin Luther King said this when he was arrested and uh, in Birmingham and taken to jail. He wrote this to, um, I believe, his family. Uh, the quote says, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. And I think, guys, that comes into play with a lot of things going on in the world right now. Um, again, we look at in India, uh, sick farmers are protesting and they have been protesting since September, guys, September, January, February, March, April. Yeah. I'm, uh, it's, it's been a long time. It's been a while. And they're still out there in the freezing cold, um, trying to get these bills repealed. And again, for those of you that don't know what's going on in India, I'll explain it real quick. Um, sick people like me. I am sick. Uh, my family is sick, and we are we come from a generation of or we come from farmers, and farming is a is a job that most sick people in India take because it's what's available to them. And recently, uh, the the Indian government and Indra Modi, the prime minister, has made their crops worth less. So, if you guys don't know how the system works. Farmers go to the government and they say, hey, I have X, I have this amount of this crop. And that makes, they have a minimum price that they have to sell that crop at. Let's say it's $100 or 100 rupees. Well, now they have these private buyers that can buy the crops at whatever prices they want to, which is making the farmers lose money. And then when the farmers lose money and go bankrupt, the farmland will go to these private companies and they will take their farmland and use it, you know, for a more commercial farming. And 
guys, this is so, so important to me because, I mean, I come from farmers. My my family back in India are farmers, and these laws hurt us bad. I mean, the crops that used to be worth 150 rupees are now or could now be worth 25 rupees. And these farmers make just enough money for them to, you know, sustain their farm and keep put some food on the table for their family. These farmers are already poor. In the social hierarchy of India, six are the bottom of the bottom. They are the untouchables. And it, again, like Martin Luther King said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Yeah, I mean, that only spreads. And I think it's it's good that more people are talking about it. But it's also Rihanna, a little bit depressing that it took this long to reach the cultural zeitgeist. But um, make sure you do your own research. Look it up. Talk about it. Talk to your family about it. Talk to your local constituents about it. Because again, it won't it won't get better unless people hear about it. Um, it's it's a situation that I think would only benefit from more vocal outrage and and more public support for it. And everything's connected because if, if these farmlands go to more commercial farming, that's only going to increase, you know, all the, all the CO2 levels and it's going to degrade the earth to a further level. Everything is connected. So what's happening in India is happening to us here. Uh, and that's an important thing to remember. And that's why the insurrection at the Capitol is so important because we can't let this happen again, guys. We set a precedent when if we don't convict Donald Trump of, you know, of a crime with this, of inciting violence, because that just means that, you know, in the future, any sitting president that doesn't like what's going on or doesn't like that they lost can incite a violent riot and they'll get off scot free, you know, and that's not something that we want for our democracy. And recently, Trump's lawyers, um, you know, earlier today, actually, they they submitted their defense and within their defense, there were a couple of points that we'll, we'll touch on. Uh, Trump's lawyer's argument was that the Senate lacks jurisdiction over a former president and that the fathers did that on purpose. And to me, that just... No, they didn't. That just seems like a, a way for, for them to escape. You know, um, All of this, all of these arguments are an escape, uh, You know, kind of putting the blame elsewhere. Um, when the act happened... January 6th, Donald Trump was still a sitting president in, in, in the United States. So therefore, that makes them, they are liable to, to question and, you know, get to the bottom of this. And if, and if uh, former President Trump is convicted, then it is completely legal and under the law. Um, and also, impeachment violates Trump's First Amendment. <laughs> I mean, Joe, you could go on about this one, but yeah. like, so the first amendment, um, protects against freedom of speech among other things. Um, but it also has limitations on what is free speech. Um, because obviously not all speech is, is free speech. Most of speech is free speech, but the, the first amendment does not protect against what is called fighting words. It has limited protection for fighting words, which is basically inciting violence and, um, as we can see, there was a grand incitement of violence and in, in, in inflammatory language that the former president used. Um, so those were fighting words uh, in my classification. I'm, I'm sure uh, that's a sentiment also shared. So 
that's not protected under the First Amendment. I could go on and on about that, but that's just, you know, it's not protected. Also, the argument that the um, the, the fathers, the founding fathers, I assume, um, did not give the Senate jurisdiction over a former president. The founding fathers didn't give much about a lot of stuff. Cause that on stuff, purpose. Yeah, it, the, the Constitution was meant to be ambiguous so that it could be interpreted to different situations um, down the road. The founding fathers realized they had no idea what was going to happen 200 and yeah. 250 years from now or from then. And I guess 250 years from now, we still have no idea. But they made it so that it could be ambiguous and interpreted in different situations. So, of course, the founding fathers did not um, fully give uh, the, the, the statute powers of the Senate to have jurisdiction over this simple or the, not the simple, but this circumstance. Uh, the founding fathers gave us some leeway to make some calls like this. Um, so I don't like that argument. Another argument that they're bringing is that law enforcement knew of the potential attack. Um, which I think, what, (laughs) what, that kind of misses the point a little bit. I don't feel like that's a great defensive thing. If you're like, well, he didn't do it. Law enforcement knew about it. Um, I want to go back to the impeachment violates Trump's first amendment. It's like, it's like going up to someone and being like, Hey, you want to fucking fight? Yeah. And then when they punch you in the face, you get mad. It's also, um, I guess a more contemporary case of this is if you yell fire in a movie theater or if you yell bomb in an airport, mm-hmm. you have the freedom to yell those words. You also have the freedom to face the actions of what those words brought or wrought. Um, and so that's fighting words. It's also an incitement, um, which is also not super protected under the First Amendment. <laughs> so Okay, so back to the law enforcement. You have potential attack. This is just blatantly uh, pushing aside their... like the fact that they're responsible for this, right? I mean, even if law enforcement, the FBI knew about this attack, that doesn't change the fact that president Trump still incited the violence. And when the national guard was ready to be deployed, I believe that Trump said no, right? Didn't he say when the national guard was ready to be deployed, they're like, Hey, we'll go and we'll, you know, take care of this. I believe that the president said no. I'm not 100% 100% sure on the specifics of that, but I do know that something like that occurred. But that's a very straw manny argument, is you point at this one thing and you go, it couldn't have been this because this thing. But that one thing is not really connected to the argument at all. Yeah, correlation doesn't even imply causation. No, not Especially not in this situation. And then the final thing that they brought in the defense is that the articles in impeachment were already filed before the investigation even started. Now, this is the one that I think is interesting and the one that might have the most merit in holding up uh, within the trials. Because we're all, we're all given the right to due process. Um, and the way that these articles of impeachment were brought up went, they skipped a couple of steps. So that's the only one that I think has a little bit of merit in holding up in these trials. And even when someone is wrong uh, and they have done something fucked up, uh, they still have the right to their constitutional rights. So when a couple weeks ago I got questioned by the FBI, uh, I'll just throw that out there. (laughs) uh, it w- there was fraud on my account and this summer, and he, the guy that did it, um, did it to a lot of people. So now the FBI is questioning people, trying to gather information um, on, you know, what is going on. But at the time, when I went to talk to the FBI, they thought I was completely complicit in this. So they thought I was a bad guy. Jesus. 
but I still have, I still had the right to due process. So before, before we, he even started talking to me, he read me my rights. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to, you have to, but like, that's, it's, it's an important part of the process because if you aren't read your rights and you are happen to be arrested later, then you're, you're let off because you weren't read your rights. Um, and, um, yeah. so even when you're wrong, you still have rights. And, uh, that, that's why I think this has merit. It's a little iffy on the due process part of those rights. Yeah, um, no, I agree. It, it was a little iffy, the timeline. I'm not saying that this will hold up in the trial. I am saying that that one might be the, the sticky wheel that needs a little bit of oil. And these aren't all of their arguments, guys. These are just the ones that I thought were interesting. So I decided to include them. But like, um, the reason I included these is because most of these are very like up for interpretations interpretation like the senate lacks jurisdiction over a former president if you believe that the constitution is a dead document then you you do believe that you do believe yeah. that the, that the senate doesn't have any jurisdiction over former presidents and and that's why i believe they said the fathers knowingly did that because they will hold they will stay strong on the fact that they believe that the constitution is a dead document and back then uh, Congress didn't have any jurisdiction over a civilian, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, Congress was basically just there to, I mean, decide laws and budgeting, uh, which is very different now. And their powers have been expanded exponentially. Oh, yeah. Through since the, the founding. Easily. And, the, I mean, it's that, that won't hold up in court. And I think another uh, another thing that could possibly hold up in court is that his First Amendment rights were violated. Yeah. Um, well, it depends on how they frame it, um, because everything is the way that you define incitement or the fighting words sort of area is very gray mm-hmm. and very, very up for interpretation. Although we do know how I think this Senate and House of Representatives will view um, this interpretation, but it, it, that is also a gray area. You don't see a lot of convictions or arguments built around inflammatory statements that could be up for interpretation you normally only see it if it's concrete yeah like and you say like go kill this guy like that's normally when that's brought up but this is a little bit harder to find as what was just casual commentary and what was a call to action yes so i could see that also being a little stick in the mud what's interesting to me is seeing how the republican party has dealt with this um on a local level, like in Indiana, it seems it's just not a topic of conversation at all. And I think that's, that that uh, stays steady across a lot of Republican strongholds in America is that, you know, they're just going to brush this under the rug until it goes away. And that's where we come in, guys. Uh, podcasts like ours or Woo. news outlets like ours, you know, we keep this in in the cycle or at least try to keep you guys informed on what's going on because, you know— Big news outlets don't want to cover what's going on in India or big newslets don't want to cover what was going on in Australia because that stuff's not pertinent. It's not going to get views and it's not it's not, uh, you know, big breaking news topics, even though these topics may be, you know, uh, costing human lives. It's not worth it for these companies to air them because they don't make money. So that's that's our job. Well, we don't make money anyway. So shaboom. We'll do Shabang. It. We'll do it for free, baby. We'll keep you guys informed. And I love doing it. I love doing it. And I think that calls to an end for this week's podcast. I How about you, Joseph? I, I think it does. I think that's a real natural ending. 
Um, so just keep a lookout for more episodes. We're going to be doing that every week. Remember, it's Wednesday at noon. That's when we drop an episode every single week. Uh, we're still in the basement studio, but we're still going to be cranking stuff out. And Vera, as you said, keeping you guys informed. Yeah, and don't forget to follow us at Fresh Take WRJ. Um, reach out to us if you, you know. Ever want to talk. Ever want to talk. We're you know? bored and lonely. Yeah. And remember to follow us on Spotify and also leave a like slash review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or whatever you're listening on because that it means a lot to know that you uh, you guys support us. So yeah. Also, with Valentine's Day coming up, don't forget to get your man or woman something or that significant other or, or partner. significant other partner. Sorry, you no, know, I, I need I need to be more inclusive. You're good. Uh, don't cancel me, guys. I will try not to. Uh, but yeah, please, you know, get them some nice. Uh, and, show them. You don't have to get them anything. Just show them you appreciate them. And you if know. you don't have a significant other or partner. Ranveer and I got you. Yeah. Send us. Joey, you have a girlfriend. Let me get some love, man. I do have a girlfriend. Let me get some love. I'll give you some love. Uh, She's going to be mad. Contact me. I'm single. Contact Ranveer. Reach out to me on Twitter, and I'll vet you guys, and if I think you'd be right for me. I'm a heterosexual male, uh, 5'9". Oh, you shouldn't have said that. Yeah, I'm under six foot. Sorry, guys. You shouldn't have said the height. All right. Uh, But I'm cute. Well, if you guys can work around the 5'9". Uh, let me know on Twitter, and I'll shoot you Ramvir's number. But yeah. we have a lot of fun doing for, this for you guys. <laughs> uh, remember to stay safe or stay messed up. Yeah, stay beautiful, everyone. Love you guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.